Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her personal foundation, says they're seeing more issues than ever with dogs' joints, odors, and their health than ever before. After doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can all look to improve our dog's health, their food. What she's discovered is that many dog foods are made in a way they can actually create toxins that could possibly be wrecking our dog's health. And that's true for many of the premium brands as well. Fortunately, she's found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how any of us can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. I've got five dogs. I do. I love them. I spend most of my time with them. In fact, Mojo, my mama blue healer, has helped me write six and a half books now. I want her to be as healthy and happy as possible. So if you feel like you do about your dogs the same way I do, let me encourage you to go to badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard and watch Catherine's video right now. And again, that's badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard. Be sure and check it out and make sure your pet is happier and healthier than ever. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. The Boneyard with Steve Robertson, as always. I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, coming to you from Omaha, Nebraska, home of the College World Series. Hope things are well with you wherever you are today. It is a very interesting day for Mississippi State. It is... Thursday, if memory serves me correct, yes, Thursday, Mississippi State will take on Louisville tonight in an elimination game, the first elimination game of the NCAA tournament for the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Your Diamond Dogs were the last team to lose in the NCAA baseball tournament. The last unbeaten goes down yesterday to Vanderbilt. Uh, Not totally unexpected, but majorly disappointing. So we're going to get into some of that today. Uh, hope things are well with you wherever you are today as we look to kind of extend the college baseball season uh, another week. It's a, we're, we are in the final week of college baseball season. Mississippi State, one of five teams still alive uh, out of hundreds. And uh, we're not looking for a more victory. We're looking for the hardware. We're looking for the national championship trophies. We're going to get into some of that today. We're going to talk about what to expect from Louisville, what we learned yesterday about Mississippi State, what, what to expect looking forward. I want to thank our good friends at Campus Bookmart, Stan Ray, Miss Kathy Brown, the lovely, talented Susie, the whole group there. We'll treat you like family because you are family. It's as simple as that. Many of you bought your textbooks from Campus Bookmart when you were students at Mississippi State. Now it's time to outfit your family, your home, your RV, 
your office, whatever you have, in the latest in Merlin White fashions and novelty items, and you can find their selection by perusing campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Vanguard listener, we'll give you the phrase that pays, save you a little cash. That's BSR. That stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll get you free shipping on all orders over $50. And any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete. There's no way around that. Order some things today. Get your College World Series shirts. Go ahead and get ready because, listen, here's the deal. No matter how this thing ends, we got a baseball program we'll be proud of. We're going places. We've been places. We know what it's like to win. That's one thing we can kind of puff our chest out about is college baseball. People respect us. So respect yourself. Respect the program. Rip the brand. So let's get into uh, to what went wrong yesterday. Mississippi State you know, you know, got, got a pretty good start out of Peyton Plumlee. Uh, did not go, I guess, the way we would hope as it got later into the inning. We got in a couple of jams early. Peyton makes some big plays to get out of it. You know, it's just like going back to the first inning. Plumlee goes out and gets a ground ball. It's a tough play. Back of short and deep in the six hole. The throw was a little bit late. Not an error. Just one of those things, kind of a well-placed ball, not hit exceptionally well. Weren't able to get over there and make the play. Westberg certainly made up for it a little bit later. And then Plumlee gets J.J. Bleday to pop up and uh, essentially falls into no man's land. Westberg's going out. Mangum's coming in. Mangum just couldn't quite get there. The ball goes off Westberg's glove. Again, not an error. But you just kind of felt like, you know what? Peyton Plumlee's given us a great start. And he's come out here and gotten a ground ball and gotten a pop-up. And rather than uh, being one pitch away from being in a dugout, we haven't recorded an out. And and that really kind of began to kind of set the tone for the day. That despite Mississippi State's best efforts, not many things went Mississippi State's way. Now, of course, here's what happens. Peyton Plumlee bear, bears down like you knew that he would because he is a competitor. He is a senior. He gets the ground ball, gets a double play, and then strikes out the final hitter of the inning. So despite the fact that you give up, a couple of kind of, you know, you know, just well-placed kind of luck, base hits. You get out of that deal without giving up any runs. And then State comes out and really gets some solid contact off uh, Kumar Rocker. And based on that first inning, yeah, I really thought Mississippi State, you know, would have a chance to kind of get to him. He threw, what, 132-some-odd pitches in the uh, Super Regional window hitter over Duke. Uh, but, you know, Mississippi State came out very aggressive. Mangum gets a single. Westberg pops up to right field, but you know, still got still made pretty solid contact. Allen's hit by the pitch, and you kind of felt like, okay, we got two men on. We got three and four, four and five in order coming up. We ought to be able to get a run home here. And you know, how big would an early run have been? That's one of the things that I felt like early. If we, if State could get some runs on the board the first time through the order, and really kind of get to Rocker after, because he really he cruised against Duke, but put him and some anxiety, get in his head a little bit, make him be an athlete, make him do more than just sit there and fire and deliver. And I really felt like Mississippi State kind of missed an opportunity not burning a little bit more and making him defend the position because they were playing back at third a lot. And you could push that ball by the pitcher and probably Jake Mangum probably could have walked to first base. But, but all that being said, I'm not going to second-guess coaching decisions, but I felt that was a real missed opportunity. McNamee goes out swinging, Foskey pops up to center field, and we're out of the inning. Certainly a missed opportunity. Well, anytime you get a pitcher of his caliber on the ropes, you got to be able to finish. So just as Mississippi State got out of that jam with Vanderbilt, 
Vanderbilt gets out of that jam against Mississippi State. So the first inning, you know, both teams threaten, neither team scores, and you felt like, okay, we've learned a little bit here. DeMarco pops up to center, and then Scott hits his first of two home runs on a full count, on a full count, and just, just couldn't finish him. You know, Peyton gets the full count, and um, you know, on the full count, gets a, gets in a foul one back, just couldn't finish the, the, the bat, and then we give up a solo home run. I don't think anybody panicked at that point because we knew we weren't going to shut him out, or we didn't expect to. And Peyton giving up a solo home run is just kind of what he does. He kind of giggled about that during the Super Regional press conference. It's just, you know, he expects to give up a home run. And, and he's been very fortunate to limit the damage to just the solo home runs. But I think that kind of settled him down. He strikes out the next hitter. Gets a pop-up down left field line to left. We're out of the inning. We come right back, and what do we do? We go one, two, three. And uh, you know, Skelton grounds out 2-2. Two, two. Skelton had a rough day to play yesterday. Rowdy, that first at bat, really looked bad. Uh, love Rowdy. And you would think him hitting from the left-hand side, he'd have a better vantage point to be able to, uh, to, be able to handle that breaking ball because he's never going to have to worry about the breaking ball away from him because he's a switch hitter. But he strikes out swinging on three pitches, and I really thought a couple of those swings were just kind of non-competitive. Uh, Hatcher strikes out swinging on a full count, and uh, this is, you know, ball, call strike, foul ball, ball, ball. So he works it full and then goes down swinging. And, uh, you know, one, two, three inning there. And so that's when the game kind of settled, I thought, for Rocker, is when he comes back out after that first inning, after he has a little trepidation, he really kind of settled in. Uh, but, you know, Peyton hangs in there. You get back-to-back ground outs. You walk Bleday on a full count, and there is no shame in walking J.J. Bleday. I got no problems with that. He comes back and strikes out Paul. And, again, it felt like Peyton was okay. His pitch count was starting to get elevated, but uh, you know, Plumlee was giving us what we needed him to give us. He kept us in the ball game. We come back in the third. Gilbert grounds out. Mangum grounds out. Westberg doubles down the line and really felt like, okay, if we could just pull even, you know, Tanner Allen and just guys gets a base hit here with Westburg speed, we're going to score and have a chance to pull even. That didn't happen. Allen grounds out. And it's one of those things, too. You know, Tanner Allen hit the ball pretty well yesterday on the ground, just didn't have a whole lot to show for it. But even despite that, after three innings, it's a one nothing ball game. You just kind of felt like, okay, it, it was kind of reminiscent of Hoover. Just two great pitcher performances could be taking place here. And uh, State has a really good game plan against Vanderbilt. Plumlee is executing that. Mississippi State not being able to get the timely hits. It seemed eerily reminiscent of what we had to do at Hoover. You come up in the fourth. Clark leads off with a single. DeMarco gets a double. Now all of a sudden it feels like, okay, this is when Vandy's going to put State away. This is when Vandy's going to make their move. Runners at second, third, nobody out. But that's not what happens. Scott hits a ground ball to Marshall Gilbert. And the, the runner, Clark, broke towards home and then doubles back. And I think State was content to kind of concede the run there just to get the out. But because of the fact that Clark kind of got caught in no man's land, Gilbert makes an incredible play, dives over there, gets the out, and all of a sudden the double play is back in order. And you don't have to surrender a run to get the out. And so you, you get him, and that was really kind of a defining play early in the ballgame. Ray strikes out. Duvall hits a ball back up there. Westberg grabs it and, and gets the out at second base. And again, you get in the jam, and there's not much of a bigger jam in college baseball. 
then second and third, nobody out. I mean, you're almost always going to give up runs in that situation, whether it be you on a ground out or a sack fly. Plumley gets runners at second, third, nobody down, and gets out of it. Defense makes the play. And it's much blind defense, sometimes justly, sometimes unjustly. And Marshall Gilbert's had his moments. That was one of Marshall Gilbert's finest moments as a defensive player at Mississippi State. That changed things. And at that point, you begin to think, okay, Mississippi State's beginning to kind of wrestle momentum here. Those are championship-winning plays, championship-pitching performances when you're able to get out of that without surrendering a run. Mississippi State comes back in the bottom of the fourth inning. Magnamy works account, works account, works account, works account. Seven, eight, pitch at bat, and then he walks. And now you're thinking, okay, we, we finally got the leadoff man on again. Let's go ahead and make some hay here. Bosky pops up to short. Skelton strikes out swinging, and Rowdy grounds out to second on no one pitch. And it just felt like, okay, nothing good is happening for us. We're not able to kind of put things together, not able to string any hits together. But despite that, it's a one nothing ball game. We're still in the game. We've still got an opportunity to do some big things. And then the fateful fifth inning comes along. You get Infante swinging. You're feeling pretty good. And then you hit the leadoff man. You hit Austin Martin, who is a very dangerous player. You hit him. And then Bleday doubles. And he absolutely murdered that ball right center. We'll go ahead and pull Plumley. You know, probably the right call at the time because you had a couple left-handers coming up and you're thinking, okay, we've got to navigate through this. We probably felt like five, maybe six was the ceiling for Plumlee. But here we are in the fifth. Let's go ahead and make the call. You bring in Barlow. Very first thing he does, gives up a little bloop single to left. Very first pitch that he saw down there. There's runners on the corner. And then you walk Clark on four pitches. So Barlow comes in, throws five pitches. Uh, doesn't record an out and allows two men to, go, to, to get on. It's now bases are loaded for Riley Self. Uh, then this is when, and this is the play that many people are still kind of talking about. You had the ground ball. You play the corners in. Allen fields the ball. If he throws home, you're going to get the, you're going to at least get the lead runner and cut down a run to play. Allen elects to go to second, trying to turn the double play. Self doesn't get over. Foskey doesn't get over. Nobody covers. And the ball was hit so hard, you know, I don't know how Lamontis coaches that situation. But nobody covered the bag. And so while a lot of people are being critical of Tanner Allen, this is a team miscue. Okay, this is this just a problem here. You know, and so it's a bang-bang play. You can make the argument, you know, Allen should have gone home. However, if State converts to double play, there are people thinking, man, what a great play. We got out of the jam. But uh, we had flirted with disaster throughout the first you know, two of the first four innings, and they finally get to us. And then Scott hits another home run, and all of a sudden, it really feels like the game's gotten away from us. It's a 6 nothing ball game at that point. And then the guy, Ray, that had walked two times before, we walk him. Walk him. <laughs> then Duvall walks. We bring in Colby White. White's able to, to get out of it by striking out Infante. But it just kind of felt like in the ballpark. And as soon as that home run left the ballpark, I think everybody on press row kind of said, well, we're going to be playing baseball tomorrow. And I think that's probably how many of you guys felt at home. It just felt like that was that defining moment in the ball game. And what's, what's insane about every bit of that, too, is that, you know, State's one play away from getting out of the whole thing. And that's the margin of error at Omaha. Is that's the difference between being elite and being champions. 
is the championship teams make those plays. Elite teams, and listen, you, as I said on Matt White's show earlier, you can get away with making that mistake against Memphis on a Tuesday night. You can't get away with it against the SEC regular season tournament championships in the winner's bracket game at Omaha. You will pay for it there. Teams that make mistakes get beat in Omaha, just as we learned on Sunday night against Auburn. You know, that was the difference. And listen, Mississippi State's a better team than Auburn. We're not that much better than Auburn. I think Auburn's going to be trouble moving forward. We're going to be a great team, too. But my point is, you know, Auburn deserved to be here. They played their best baseball down the stretch. But they made a big mistake and opened the door for the better team to win. And that's what happened to Mississippi State. And I don't think there's much separation between Vanderbilt and Mississippi State. I think they're a little bit better than us. And despite their scholarship uh, situation, they should be much better than us, but they're not. But uh, the bottom line is when they put a six spot, the five spot up, made it a six at the ball game, you just kind of felt like, okay, we just need to kind of manage this game and get on out of here. State comes out of the bottom fifth, Hatcher grounds out. Gilbert gets a single, and man, how good's he been down the stretch? Uh, Mangum gets on on a fielding error. Nearly got that ball through. I almost had runners on the corners there, but Mangum hits it hard. He gets to the wickets, and then he's able to make it uh, to first. And so now you've got two men on with, a, with just the one out, and you think, okay, if we can just scratch something across here, would it just be one run? We can kind of climb back in this thing. But Westbrook pops out, Allen lines out, and that the, the play by Tanner Allen, I mean, it's they're, they're playing the shift, the same shift that Mississippi State plays many times for the second baseman elects to play basically a short field position. Tanner hits that balls on the screws. Uh, that's going to be a run. Probably going to be a run and then runners on the corner for Magnum coming to the plate. But Vanderbilt makes a great play. They had done their advanced scouting. They were ready to go. And uh, rather than it be uh, a big inning for Mississippi State, they get out of it without surrendering a run. And that's when it really kind of began to feel like, you know what, it's just it's just not our day, guys. It's just not. It's just, that's how it felt. It's just, you know, we – we can't make a defensive play. When we hit the ball on the screws, we hit it right at people. So then Keegan James comes in, and uh, I know some people are thinking, well, you know, what are we doing here? And uh, it was absolutely the right decision, <clears throat> even before we saw how well Keegan pitched. You don't, you don't want to burn through arms, and you begin to think, okay, this game is getting away from us. Uh, let's get Keegan some work. He's a veteran guy. We know that he'll go out there and, uh, and compete at a high level. And then he turns in his best performance of the season, without question. It's an incredible job. And really did his job to, to save some arms for the rest of the weekend for Mississippi State. Uh, and so if that's the final time we see Keegan James in the maroon and white uniform on the mound, uh, he did his job for Mississippi State, uh, without question. Uh, and, and for some reason, he kind of just has Vanity's number. But all that being said, Keegan comes in, gets a... Uh, Mark DeLine out. Bleday gives up a single. And then Paul lines out to Rowdy, and we double Bleday off uh, at second base. And, uh, and all three of those balls were absolutely blistered, all three of them. And that's baseball sometimes. You know, we talk about, you know, we hit some balls right at people. They absolutely tattooed that, that first inning with Keegan on the mound. They really bailed him up pretty good, but they were right at people. State off outfielders made some great plays. So you get out of it. And then Magnamy singles off the pitcher. So now we've got the leadoff man on again. And so you just begin to think, okay, we're beginning to kind of get some opportunities here. We've got to be able to cash in. Foskey pops up again uh, and, and absolutely crushed that baseball. And uh, out to the track, and Magnamy takes second. And uh, you know, that ball would have been out of their duty noble field. 
but Foskey barrels it up pretty good. And uh, then Skelton strikes out looking, uh, did not agree with the call. Replay showed that it was a good call. Then Rowdy singles through the left side, drives Magnum in, Hatcher K swinging. But now we're on the board. It's a 6-1 ball game, but we're on the board running out of outs. But for the first time in, f- in 15 innings, Mississippi State scored against Vanderbilt pitching this year. one nothing in Hoover, and then they held a scoreless for five innings uh, yesterday. And so you finally break through. And so there, at that point, even, the, even if you don't win the ball game, you got to feel like, okay, we finally broke through. We kind of got that monkey off our back. Let's kind of continue to push here and see if we can't get back in the ball game. Really felt like the seventh inning was really as good as it was. We left uh, we, we left some money on the table there. So Clark comes out, pops up to first. DeMarco pops up to center field. And then Keegan strikes out Scott. So it's a one, two, three inning for Keegan. And an outstanding inning for Keegan. I mean, very efficient. Gets in and out, I think under 10 pitches. Just an outstanding effort. And again, that's his job at this point. It's not just, you know, you, you want to hold the game where it is. But you, want, you don't want to have to go back to the bullpen. Uh, so then all of a sudden, Vanderbilt brings in Raby for Rocker. And uh, I don't know if you noticed, Patrick Raby, you know, State hit him a little bit last year. And then uh, he has been hurt and kind of lost his spot in rotation this year. So they've been bringing him in more as a reliever. So when he came into the ballgame, he felt like, okay, State's familiar with this guy. He's not 100%. We ought to be able to kind of make some hay here. And the very first thing that happens, on the second pitch he throws, Marshall Gilbert rips a home run over the left field wall. Now it's a 6-2 to two ball game, and you're thinking, okay, you know, if we can string a little something together here, uh, we've got a chance to climb back in it. And uh, Raby did not survive the inning. Mangum comes back, doubles to left center. Westberg strikes out looking on a full count. R- really, honestly, uh, thought that he swung at ball four twice. And I know that's a guy trying to make a play, and he's been kind of up and down down the stretch. Uh, in the play, but but he strikes out there, but you're still okay because you've still got a runner in scoring position. Allen doubles to left center, Mangum scores. Now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden it's a 6-3 ball game. You've got a runner in scoring position, and you've got four and five coming up. Magnamy grounds out, Bosky walks, and they bring in Tyler Brown, and he strikes out Dustin Skelton. So you've got guys on base. You, you, you put a couple runs in, you've got guys in scoring position, and you've got the hardy order coming up, and we just simply didn't come through. That, that's as simple as we can make it. Just simply just did not come through. And so really, I feel like left some money on the table there, uh, had Raby on the ropes, and then but you know, Brown comes in and really, really was the difference in the ballgame. Uh, you know, he comes in, gets Skelton looking, you go out in the eighth inning. Um, you know, and again, again, I don't want to belabor the point with Keegan here. But I think considering how little we've talked about him this year, maybe we need to. He walks Ray, gets Duval to strike out swinging. Ray finally takes second. He strikes out in Bonte and gets Martin to ground out uh, to short. And so, yeah, he walks their fastest hitter and then and nearly had him picked off. Nearly had him picked off. But, you, but you, again, you get out of this deal uh, without any trouble. You come up in the eighth, down three. Rowdy Case looking, Landon Jordan comes in, gets a single, and then Gilbert hits into the double play. And at that point, it just seemed to be kind of academic. Really seemed to be one of those deals you begin to think about. This is, we're nearing the end. And then uh, we get in the ninth and uh, get, uh, get Bleday to ground out. We walk Paul, Clark grounds out, 
and uh, then, he, then Keegan kind of runs out of gas and hits DeMarco. And we bring in Sarantola, who uh, absolutely blew the doors off Scott, and that's the guy that hit a couple home runs. But uh, good to see Sarantola get out there, even if it was just a hitter. And I don't, I don't know if we don't see him this weekend. I mean, that's one of the things you begin to think about. You begin to look ahead, and, and today is the most important day. But if we're able to extend this thing into the weekend, yeah, maybe we see the emergence of Eric Sarantola. You know, maybe, maybe he comes back. Maybe he pitches on Friday, you know, but we got to win the day. But uh, you come up top of the order tonight, looking for some more ninth inning magic. We don't get it. Mangum grounds out to second. Westbrook pops up to left. Allen fouls out. Ball game's over. But uh, the reality of the situation is Mississippi State had their chances, and many of Vanderbilt's chances were kind of aided by Mississippi State. And so I know that you look at the scoreboard and say, so we got down six, and we kind of rallied back and fell short. But there's not a lot of separation between the two teams. I think that's one of the things that some of our fans, we get this woe is me type thing. And, and uh, what I want to say about all that is this, is that uh, we went to Nashville last year and we beat this same bunch in a Super Regional in their own backyard. So we're not playing the 61 Yankees, okay? We're not, we're not, not, play, not even playing the 86 Mets. You know, I mean, it's one of those deals where this is one of those teams uh, it's a good team, not necessarily a great matchup for anybody, but this team is certainly capable. Mississippi State's capable of beating Vanderbilt, and I believe Mississippi State's capable of beating Vanderbilt twice. And I hope we get the chance to see that. But right now, we've got to focus on Louisville. But before we final wrap on yesterday, just kind of looking at the numbers here, Mangum two for five, he, and Gilbert two for four. Those are your two hitting stars on the day. Uh, but, you know, Nine strikeouts on a day, that, that's what you're going to expect against elite pitching. But, uh, you know, we got to put the ball in the play. we got to have some louder outs. Got to go out there and make some things happen. I don't know if you noticed either, but Jake Mangum now leads the country in hits this year. And he's now one hit away. He's tied Adam Frazier for the for Mississippi State school record, single season record. I think he's tied at 107 now. One more hit, and that's his. I hope he gets about six more games to play. Uh, but all that being said, that's, uh, that's our wrap on yesterday. And we begin to look ahead uh, for Louisville. I want to remind you guys, too, when you're in Starkville, and you should be in Starkville a lot, you need to go break bread at Bulldog Burger Company. Without a doubt, the best place to have a restaurant-quality hamburger and more in Starkville, Mississippi. It's right there in the Cotton District. It's the closest restaurant to campus in the Cotton District. Run by Mississippi State people. And they'll serve anybody. They will. But these are people that are committed to start. Well, they're committed to Mississippi State. They're more than happy to have your business. Go by and have the spring rolls. And in the evenings, you listen, if you don't want a big meal, maybe go by and just have an ICAP. You can do that, too. Uh, they're a full-service place. They'll do anything you want them to do. Great service, great food, great prices, great people, man. Absolutely great people. Bulldog Burger Company, the place in Stark where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. So Louisville is here and they're coming in off a win. Of course, they, uh, they knock off Auburn. And it's kind of, kind of the silver lining in the whole deal is that uh, because of the fact they played two half games over the course of two days, they didn't really extend a lot of their pitching. Uh, so you know, we're going to get their best effort. Um, now, what we're hearing, what they've announced, is that uh, Nick Bennett, left-hander Nick Bennett, will be Louisville starter tonight, 7-3 and three on the year. With a 4-4-0 ERA. Now, he has had some struggles down the stretch. And uh, what I mean by that is, is that uh, you know, at one time he was, uh, he, he was you know, one of their regulars. But uh, if you look at his numbers, 
you know, down the stretch here. Uh, Illinois State, just two innings. Illinois Chicago, five and two thirds. Boston College, just three innings. Florida State, two and a third. Alabama A and M, he went five. Uh, and that Florida State game gives up not two two and a thirds inning, nine hits, six runs. Nine hits, six runs. Illinois Chicago, four hits, three runs. Uh, got hit pretty good at Miami. Uh, four hits, six runs. You know, so he has been very hittable down the stretch. Now, uh, looking at his splits here, it's just one of those things. Uh, I think it, it makes sense to put Mississippi State throw a left-hander, even though he was a power left-hander, to, to make Jake Mangum Roddy Jordan hit from the right side. It makes sense to me. Now, he's not the soft-tossing lefty. And it's one of the things I think a lot of people see, that they see the numbers. They don't understand the personnel. I think we saw every 75-mile-an-hour left-hander in the SWAC this year. And so we get out on our front foot, we pop the ball up, and so as a result, I think it skews the numbers a little bit. I think people look at that and say, hey, you know, go throw lefties against Mississippi State because the numbers are the numbers. But Mississippi State eventually wins those ball games. It's Stanford tried to trot out a left-hander out there and State gets him out of the ball game, puts the game away. Uh, but looking at Nick's numbers here, Mentioned uh, you know, 4-4-0 ERA, 7-3, 15 starts on the year. Every appearance has been a start. So when you hear those numbers, two and three innings, those are not middle relief appearances. He started every time this year, 15 starts. 73 innings pitched, has allowed 73 hits, so basically a hit per inning, exactly a hit per inning, 41 runs, 36 of them earned, 30 walks against 73 strikeouts. That's just over 2-1. Two, two to one. 10 doubles, 1 triple, and... Uh, 10 home runs. Opponents are hitting 256 against him. He doesn't throw a lot of wild pitches, though. Just two wild pitches on the year, and only three hit by pitches. So it doesn't sound like control is an issue with him. It sounds like hitability is an issue with him. I think he's a guy you can go hit the baseball against. And so uh, we'll see how that all develops. You know, I'm nervous about the ball game just because of the fact we're up against the wall for the first time. You know, it's like we... We have kind of been in charge the whole way. This NCAA tournament, you know, we we get we've never faced an elimination game, and uh, we were so emotionally invested in winning yesterday. I'm curious to see how we respond. I think in many respects, maybe it's good for a guy like Chris Lamonis to play Dan McDonald in Louisville, because I think right now this is where I think this is where Chris has to kind of put his stamp on this team. Because of the fact he knows Dan McDonald, he has a history with Dan McDonald, has a winning record against Dan McDonald head to head. But because of the fact that he, this game means maybe a little, maybe a little more to him. Not saying that the Vanderbilt didn't, but my point being is because of the fact there's some personal entanglements with this thing. I think Chris will have to kind of lead Mississippi State today. I think he will have to help get us ready. You've got leaders like Mangum and McNamee; they get it. They don't want this to be their last ball game. And you begin to kind of look at this, and, and with uh, Lamona saying that he really didn't want to throw small on Friday, you begin to kind of think, and, and I know people are thinking, oh my gosh, it's so negative. Here's the way that I'm trying to look at that. If we can get the win today, if we can extend the thing to Saturday, you know how well small threw against Vanderbilt and Hoover. I think that gives you a great chance to win. I think that you just have to get to Saturday. That's the real issue. You got to win today. And it's so crazy to begin to think about it. It's almost like overwhelming to think, okay, we got to win three games in three days. And I think Lamonis' charge right now is to convince them we just have to take care of today's business today. We have to go beat Louisville today, and then we'll work on Friday tomorrow. That's what we have to do. That's our focus. 
And I know as fans, you begin to think, once you get in loser's bracket, oh, we don't have the pitching. Well, here's the deal. We do have the pitching. We do have the pitching to come back to the loser's bracket. Because we're going to throw the SEC freshman of the year today. Yes, he's going to be a little bit rusty, okay? But I think if he can be deep, I think once he gets an inning under his belt, I think he's going to be really good. And now, if he goes out there and can't find a strike zone the first inning, it's probably going to be a long day. But if JT is JT, and I expect JT to be really good today. Uh, He is competitive. This is why he came to Mississippi State. He did not come to Mississippi State to go take home economics. He came to Mississippi State to go to Omaha and play in the College World Series. This is a dream come true for him. You know how competitive the kid is. The stage has never been too big for him, and I don't expect it to be today. I expect him to come out there and give you a great effort in front of the big crowd. And so you got JT going today. You got to piece it together tomorrow. And then if you can get through tomorrow, you got Ethan Small waiting on Saturday. And so I kind of like those odds. You know, I don't know who Vanderbilt plans to throw on Friday. You know, the, and people say, well, you know, they got four and five starters. And you know, begin, people begin to create these narratives. And you go look at the numbers, okay? Vanderbilt does not have elite pitching. And it's one of those things you say, well, Steve, uh, Rocker threw the no-hitter. And, and that's true. Now, he's pitching well right now, but you're not going to see him Friday. You're not going to see him Saturday. You're getting a little deeper into this thing. They have struggled to throw strikes this year. They have, despite the fact they won the SEC. And so they can be had. I think what's going what's to win the game Friday, if we get there, okay, because I'm not totally convinced we do get there. I mean, I, I expect to have a good effort tonight. I don't want to get too far ahead. We'll have a show tomorrow kind of recapping the weekend to preview and hopefully another baseball game. But if we get a chance to go get Vanderbilt on Friday, and if we survive that, I like our chances on Saturday. I understand the road is daunting, but when you've got two of your three weekend starters that can throw, you get three must-win games, and you get two guys you know that have been big time for you this year. I think you're, in, I think, I think you're in a better position than maybe you realize. You kind of got to get over this "woe is me" stuff. But look at the Louisville lineup here. Uh, they swing the bats, okay? They're they're not an explosive offense. Okay, and he keep and McDonald says they haven't exploded yet, and that's exciting because he thinks it's going to happen. Uh, nobody really explodes in Omaha unless there is an implosion on the mound, just like Mississippi State beat North Carolina like a drum last year. That doesn't happen without North Carolina's help. Uh, they have just four hitters hitting 300 or better. Uh, Danny Oriante, 333, 64 hits on the year, just the one home run, 48 RBIs. Not a big threat to steal bases. It's just one of those kind of just a good hitter. Uh, Tyler Fitzgerald, 322 on the year. Uh, got eight home runs, 65 RBIs. You know, he's a guy you got to be, be mindful of. Uh, Lucas Dunn, number seven, 304 average. Uh, Ten doubles, two triples, just the one home run. He's a good, solid hitter. Also 14 and 16 of stolen bases. Uh, Alex Benellis, that's the, that's, that's, that's the big bull right there. That, that's the guy that can really hurt you. 14 home runs, 59 RBIs, five triples. He's a guy you got to find a way to keep in the ballpark. And uh, that's the thing that I begin to look at with this team. They are not this team that is absolutely loaded up and down the order, but they're unbelievably competitive. They don't give you anything. They're not going to go up there and strike out a whole lot. Uh, they got a couple guys, you know, uh, Tyler Fitzgerald's one of their better hitters, and he struck out 48 times. But now it's big power hitter, you know, overswinger, 45 times. Uh, Jake Snyder's a guy that's made some big plays for them uh, this week. 
but he struck out 57 times. Logan Wyatt, 47 Ks. I mean, so they've got some guys that are going to swing and miss. And uh, JT Ginn is a swing and miss pitcher. And so I think if JT is anywhere close to what we'd expect him to be, that this is a good matchup for him. One of the concerns that I have about all of this is the fact that Mississippi State is coming in off a loss. Louisville is coming in off a win. So Louisville has already won that elimination game, and they're thinking, okay, we're still in it. We're still in it. Where Mississippi State's come back and so, say, you know what, we just lost a very disappointing ball game and we didn't play our best. And this is going to be about leadership. Today is going to be about leadership. If Mississippi State can get some success early in the ballgame, you know, it took a while yesterday to kind of get the bats woke up, and you, and you couldn't get that timely hit. Even when you got guys on base, you couldn't come through. You couldn't deliver. Uh, that's got to change today. When State gets runners on scoring position, you got to get them in. And so this will be interesting. This will be an incredible atmosphere. It will be an incredible venue. Uh, and, I, and my hope is we're going to have an incredible result. And I hope tomorrow it's still baseball season in Starkville, Mississippi. Because right now there are five teams still alive playing for a national championship. Your Bulldogs are one of them. If we survive tonight, there will be only four teams left with the opportunity to play for a national championship. And then we'll have an opportunity to be one more uh, hurdle cleared. And we can't play today's ball game thinking about Vanderbilt. We can't let Vanderbilt beat us twice. And we can't let you know, the anxiety of having to beat Vanderbilt twice cost us today. We, all we can do is focus on today and manage this 24 hours. And uh, one of the things that helps with all that is the fact that you've got, you've got veterans on this team. You've got guys like Elijah McNamee and Jake Mangum. You've got guys that kind of understand you know, the importance of good leadership and understand that this is it. And every, at some point, everybody's going to lose other than their national champions. And I know that Mississippi State's not ready for that to be them. I know that Jake Mangum is not ready to hang up the maroon and white uniform for the final time. Jake Mangum has had an incredible career. It's accomplished a lot. But Jake didn't come here just to have a good time. Jake didn't come to Mississippi State just to, uh, you know, to, you know, to make a few friends. Jake Mangum came to Mississippi State to win a national championship. And that hope is still alive. There are many people out there. It's like I, I read some of the stuff on social media. And as soon as we, we face some adversity, it's only, we lose one game, and in their minds, we've already lost two. Why well, I say we go play the game anyway, because we've only lost the one. Louisville's also lost the game, too. They also lost to Vanderbilt. And you know what? Vanderbilt may win the national championship. Vanderbilt may be the best team in the country, and they should be, considering the advantages that they have. But I don't know that I believe that just yet. I, you know, I think they've still got some things left to prove. And I think yesterday Mississippi State had one bad inning where Mississippi State contributed mildly to their own demise and kind of gifted Vanderbilt a ball game. And you can make the argument Vanderbilt put that kind of pressure on Mississippi State, Mississippi State finally cracked, and maybe that's a fair assessment. But the bottom line is this. Many of the problems that took place yesterday were self-inflicted. If Mississippi State plays a little cleaner defense, Mississippi State executes a little bit better, Mississippi State wins the ball game. There's just not that kind of separation. Some of these people act like, you know, that, that there's just no hope against Vanderbilt. And, uh, and, and people tend to forget much of the same Vanderbilt lineup. Uh, lost two out of three to Mississippi State. Now, I also know that that's fresh in their minds. I'm sure they have not forgotten the fact that Mississippi State kept them out of Omaha. And so they probably feel a little bit redemptive. They feel like, you know what, 
uh, we've got a chance to, to kind of get revenge against those guys and end their season. Uh, but uh, Tim Corbin's a great coach. Vanderbilt's got a lot of great players. But today is about Louisville. Today is about the Louisville Cardinals. Today is about Mississippi State. It's the only game being played today. It's going to be played tonight. It's going to be under the lights. It's going to be an electric atmosphere. Uh, we're going to have a good time. We're going to cover the ball game. You can follow all of our coverage. Robbie Fogg, Dave Murray, and I are here. We'll have post-game reaction. We'll uh, have the in-game thread over on the Jeans Page Baseball Forum. We'll uh, we'll have the you know our tweets and all that sort of stuff. We'll keep you abreast of what's going on. But I'm not ready to go home. I'll be honest with you. And I know many of your players and coaches, they don't feel that way either. This is day six in Omaha for me. And uh, and that's not counting the travel day. But, I, but I'm not ready to go home. And as much as I miss my wife, my family, my kids, and and uh, driving up and down Highway 12, I just assume stay here for another week. Because this is an historic event. And this is an historic team. And uh, even though I think we've got a great chance to get back next year, there's no time like the present. Because at Mississippi State, we spend a lot of time talking about next year or two years from now. We've got to continue to focus on the, the, the situation at hand. We have to focus on the fact that we have an opportunity to go compete and win a national championship right now. That's the important part of this thing. Next year, we'll be here next year. We'll have a lot to talk about next year. We talk about you know Christian McLeod and Eric Sarantola and JT Ginn possibly being just an absolutely tremendous rotation for us next year. But that doesn't help us right now. This is about now. And I had the opportunity last night to sit through Mike Martin's final press conference, legendary Florida State coach. And I'll tell you, it was, it, was, it was wonderful to be able to be a part of all that. And it's been so wonderful to be here. And it's so wonderful to see all this up close and personal for the first time. And to be able to go behind the scenes and get reaction from players and, and you know, past players and coaches in the hallway and see that sort of stuff. Uh, but I'm kind of like Chris Monis, as great as all that is, I'm ready to see Mississippi State win the whole shooting match. I want Mississippi State to win the final game. There have been so many times in life we've been here. This is our 11th trip here, and I had a chance to sit and visit with Coach Dave Serrano, former Tennessee coach, spent six years there in Knoxville. Knoxville. Now he's headed to Cal State Northridge. He's a California guy. He's headed back. And he goes, you know, it's just crazy to think how Mississippi State has never won a national championship. And I'm sitting here thinking, you know, Coach Serrano, who are you telling? You know? But there's just such this collective belief that Mississippi State is a national power, should be a multinational championship program with the commitment that our, our players and, and coaches and administration and fans have made. And it's going to happen. I, I know sometimes when you, we have these moments and, and people want to get out in front of that and they get in their feelings and they want to put things out there on social media, I think those thoughts have always been there. It's one of the things I tell people. People have always... Social media didn't make people more negative. People have always had those negative thoughts. Now they just have a way to vent them. Uh, but the bottom line is this. I, I don't know if this is our year. But I know that our year is not over. And I also know that we're going to have a year one year. But it's also not, you know, you don't go out and dominate people. You know, it's not like football where you go out and beat people 50 to nothing. When you get to this level, when you get to the final eight, when you get down to the nitty-gritty, it's about coaching, execution, and lack of mistakes. And so, again, I don't know if this is our year. But I know that we're still alive and we're still playing baseball. And if we win tonight and we get into the, the weekend, anything is possible. Anything is possible. So let's encourage everybody. Be, be positive. Tune in tonight. Expect good things. Expect JT again to give you a good effort. Expect Jake Mangum, Elijah Mack. I mean, those guys to go out there 
and play probably like they've never played before. They will probably go out there and give you absolutely everything they possibly can. And they, they, they do that on a nightly basis, but this night's a little bit different. Uh, they're in Omaha. And as Mike Martin said last night, there are a lot of people out there that would love to see their season end in Omaha. Everybody's season ends, and only one team ends with a win. But there are a lot of people out there that would love to see their season end in Omaha, and only eight people can say that. But as for me and all of you, I'm not ready for Mississippi State season to end. And I think that you'll see that in the effort tonight. So my hope is you'll tune in, you'll enjoy that, and hopefully we'll be back. To, we're going to be back tomorrow either way, but hopefully we're back tomorrow. Uh, talking about a great season, talking about Mississippi State extending the season for at least one more day, and then we'll see what happens. But until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll meet more friends and enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.